I'd like you to turn to the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 6. It's uh, very early in the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. And it's in the context of so much law being presented and details about duties of the priests and the firstborn redeemed and and uh, adultery test and uh, the law of the Nazarites. And then it embedded right in the last part of chapter 6, I want to talk to you about um, spoken blessing. I'm going to start with a story. Um, right before COVID, we uh, had the opportunity to go on a tour in Israel, in the Holy Land. It was our fourth or fifth trip there. And um, we had this invitation to um, a, a, a Passover dinner, I mean a uh, Shabbat dinner. Um, and it was in Jerusalem in an apartment with a, a family, Jewish family, observant Jewish family from Leeds, England. And our a segment of our group went into their house and other groups spread out into other houses. And it was a program um, designed to communicate um, the the observant Jews wanted to to communicate what they're all about and just say, look, if you you see what we're about, then uh, it demystifies things and it builds bridges. And it certainly did. And we we, uh, sat across the table from um, a medical doctor from Canada and his wife, and they... um, they followed the, the Jewish laws of, uh, of kosher, kosher laws, as we enjoyed a meal together with them. And we watched and we listened. Something really stood out to my wife and me about the spoken blessing part of the, the ceremony. I mean, they did hand washing, they broke bread, they, they, uh, there were just certain things they recited, songs they sang. But what we both took away from it was every week, the husband honors the wife. The husband honors the wife by speaking blessing over his wife in front of the kids. And it's like a real holy moment. And then also the parents spoke over the kids. Blessing. And I want to talk to you tonight about the power of the spoken word and the power of speaking blessing. And uh, in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, I realize I sent you to number six, but I want to give a foundation here. Proverbs eighteen twenty-one says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life, life and death, are in the power of the tongue. Like it or not, that's a reality. And there is an old nursery rhyme, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And um, But words have power. In the beginning, God said there was light, and there was light, right? John chapter 1, in the beginning was the what? The word. So, you know, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. That's why we're all here right now. We're following through on the rhythm of what's been presented uh, so many centuries ago. God entrusted his word to the Jewish people, and they brought forth this promise of a Messiah that would come to save the chosen people, the Jewish people, and then also the nations, everybody. This is a, 
you know, that's what God promised Abraham, that all the nations would be blessed through, through him and Sarah. So here we are, right? We're recipients of these blessings. The Bible says these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. I want to go to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse uh, 3. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. I'll read it in the New American Standard. And then I want to read, have it come up on the screen if you can find the Passion Translation. That's a newer uh, paraphrase people are enjoying, and it has a different way of uh, presenting this idea. But this is powerful. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, look at this, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now look at the tenses on this. Who has blessed us. What tense is that? Is that in the future when we get to heaven? Some Christians think that. And for sure, the, the, the lion's share of our inheritance is up ahead. But I'm telling you, God has downloaded some things to the church. And this was 2,000 years ago. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So all the richness and all the abundance that heaven itself enjoys is available to us through what Jesus has done and his sacrifice and then his willingness to share and give us, uh, that make us joint heirs with him where we are, uh, uh, we are we're signed into his uh, account, you know, and so we can draw from what he's provided. Uh, we're part of it. We're on the, we're, our name's on the, on the list. And now let's see if we can find that in the Passion Bible. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus, all because he sees us wrapped up in Christ. This is why we celebrate him with all our hearts. That's pretty good, isn't it? Let's read it again so we can let it soak in. Let's, let's read it in the Passion Bible. Let's read it out loud. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus, all because he sees us wrapped up in Christ. This is why we celebrate him with all our hearts. So I think it's important that we understand death and life is in the power of the tongue. And God has spoken over us. God has, the, in fact, Genesis chapter 1, I think it's verse 28. The first thing God did when he created Adam and Eve, the first thing God did for humanity was he blessed them. Genesis 1 28, God blessed them. You know, there's a German word, Kazuntite. Have you heard it? Somebody sneezes, you say Kazuntite. You know what that means? God bless you. And um, they, the, they, it was actually rooted in um, sort of uh, a wives' tale that, uh, you know, if somebody sneezed, their heart might stop, so they wanted to bless them, it's like giving them like a, a blessing of CPR, like in a blessing to get them from dying, you know. That's really why they do that, but I still think it's cool to evoke, God bless you when you sneeze, right, you know? So don't go faking any sneezes, but I mean, when you do a real one, it's, it's cool. I mean, and, and I think there's power 
in, in the spoken word. I just read it to you out of, out of Proverbs. And apparently, so did God, and he had Moses tell Aaron, and this is what I want to lay a foundation on, Numbers chapter 6. And again, that story of when we were in the household, and I hope I get to see him again. He was so kind, and he said, you've got to come back. You've got to bring your kids, so I want to I see them again. Um, it was really an enjoyable time with them. But the, 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 my takeaway was the power of speaking blessing. And, it, and here's what it says here in Numbers, and, uh, and this is Aaron's benediction. Chapter 6, verse 22. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Aren't you glad we have a God who speaks to people about things? Speak to Aaron and to the sons of Israel, saying, Thus you shall bless the sons of Israel. You shall say to them. Now we're going to look at this here. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. So they shall invoke my name on the sons of Israel and then I will Bless them. Hallelujah. God's actually called us to inherit a blessing. God's actually called us to speak blessing. God's called us to bless and not curse, actually. Well, Jesus cursed the fig tree, and then he taught them how to have faith and speak to your mountains. And yeah, but primarily, as believers, we're to be instruments of blessing. We're to bless those who curse you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. We're not to get spiteful or leave room for the wrath of God, right? We're in a culture right now that is trying to flip that and get very harsh. And the Lord wants us to get take heed to his word so we follow and track with the way he wants us to do things. He pr- would prefer that we, um, we speak forth blessing. I mean, and I even bless those who curse you and bless your enemies. Uh, apparently, God uses that to eradicate problems in that situation, right? Well, but I don't want them to be blessed. Well, then you got to work on that, right? You've got to repent of getting bitter, you know? And that's, uh, an unforgiveness is a dangerous place, and God wants us to not walk in it. So he that forgives much is forgiven much. So then we just do that then. So the, then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, uh, speak to Aaron and to the sons of Israel, and you shall say to them. And so I feel like we need to just write this out. Number one, the Lord bless you. Turn to somebody and say, the Lord bless you. Oh, there's a lot in that, man. There's a lot in that. The Lord bless you. When the blessing of God comes on your life, it, it, it changes everything with quality and with quantity and with with a with a, a richness, you know, um, I love John chapter ten verse ten. A, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The contrast is amazing. Jesus said, "I've come that, I, that you might have life, and have it abundantly." Right? This is the this is the hope of the world. It's the gospel of Jesus, and this is the hope for the church. You know that He is so merciful to us. We who have these tendencies in the flesh and how he grants us repentance, aren't you grateful? We stay humble before him. He could use us, and it's wonderful that he loves us like whom the Lord loves. He deals with, he chastens, right? And that's a gift, and that's a blessing. 
I want to look at uh, Psalm 28, 6 through 9. Psalm 28, 6 through 9. Um, th- th- this is one of these prayers in the Psalms where about the blessing of the Lord. And um, Psalm 28, 6, it says, Blessed be the Lord because he has heard the voice of my supplication. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart exalts, and with my soul I shall thank him. The Lord is their strength, and he is a saving defense to his anointed. Save your people, and bless your inheritance. Be their shepherd also, and carry them forever. Isn't that a good prayer? And the Lord is our shepherd. We know the Lord was David's shepherd because he said, the Lord is my shepherd, right? We know that. But then did you know that Jesus is the good shepherd? The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And he, in a very real way, had you in mind when he laid down his life. That was, in fact, Hebrews says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, he despised the shame, and he's seated at the right hand of God. The joy that was set before him was knowing he was being specifically compliant with the father's wishes because that was his drive. He said, I only do what I see my father doing. That was his, that's what jazzed him. That was his main thing. But in that main thing was that his father sent him to redeem fallen humanity. And angels are even, as I read it, somewhat bewildered about how God would be so willing to sacrifice his own son for humanity. Because when the angels rebelled, there was no hope of redemption for them. The the rebellious angels, there's no hope of redemption. But rebellious humanity, that God would forgive us, the angels are in heaven just like, they they long to know why redemption and righteousness and forgiveness and mercy on the levels God has sustained toward humanity. Listen, guys, aren't you grateful for the mercy of God? I want to preach the good news to people because this is such good news. The Lord bless you. Uh, You know, I think about Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 6. And uh, let's let's look at this. this. This is during the period of the law. Same thing with numbers, and it was the, the, the caveat was you have to you have to obey all the laws. Now it was it shall be if you will diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all His commandments which I command you today, the Lord your God. Look at this. Will set you high above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come upon you. And overtake you if you obey the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the offspring of your body, and the produce of your ground, and the offspring of your beasts, and the increase of your herd, and the, the, uh, and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket, and your kneading bowl, or your shopping cart, and your pantry, and your refrigerator. Blessed shall you be when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. This is pretty thorough. Blessed shall you be when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. Everybody say blessing. Blessing. Now you should read the whole chapter because it talks about curses in several chapters. And we need to, you know, 
rightly divide the word and we need to study to show ourselves approved. And, you know, even the curses have bearing on us because in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, Jesus became a curse for us in order that the blessing of Abraham would come upon us. God's intent was to redeem humanity. So the devil is dogging people. This is why people run to addictions to try to pacify themselves. They can't cope, and they're just trying to medicate. They're trying to deal with pain. But I'm telling you, Jesus bore our sicknesses, carried our pains, carried our diseases, and by his stripes we are healed. And I'll tell you another thing. Nothing can cover our sins except for the blood of Jesus. So as we repent and stay humble before him, then there is security in knowing that he that the Son sets free is free indeed. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. And uh, I just think we need to speak blessing over the United States right now. We need to speak blessing over Europe. We need to, I have a friend who's in Norway and he's on his way to Scotland. And there are Russian uh, vessels in between Norway and Scotland right now. I, he's, he's my board member. He's right there between Norway and, and Scotland. You can't make this stuff up. I saw the news, and it's like in between Norway and Scotland, and here's one of my board members in between Norway and Scotland. We're in interesting times, are we not? And, um, but biblically, we've been brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. And now, with what in the world, Pastor Jeff, are you reading about Moses and Aaron and all the Levitical laws and all this out of the book of Numbers? You know, uh, I, I had a doctor's appointment, and... Um, I wanted to go through the book of Leviticus. So I put it on double speed on my phone. And I had to sit in the dark. I had a treatment on my skin and I had, it had, it had to sit in the dark for two hours. So I put that thing on double speed and I almost got all of Leviticus. Now I didn't meditate on all of it. I didn't commit it to memory, but I did learn a lot. I learned that I am so thankful that I'm not under the law, but that as, a, as, as Jesus has fulfilled the law, um, there's such joy and there's such breakthrough and such freedom. Jesus came to destroy the work of the devil, right? He came to set sinners free, right? And so everybody say, the Lord bless you. And um, the, in some tra- other translations, it says, The eternal bless you. The eternal. I love it. He's the ancient of days and he's eternal. And he's prone toward being faithful to a thousand generations, right? And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what he did in the the Bible days, he's doing now. And um, let's go on to the Lord. Keep you. Keep you. He has keeping power. He, uh, He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. The Lord keep you. Psalm 17, verse 6 through 8, the Lord keep you. Other translations say protect you or guard you. Isn't it nice to know the Lord's your protection? I've been in some close calls. So have you. I mean, there was a period in my life where I traveled quite a bit, and I would be in a certain place in an airport, and they would have blown something up right where I was standing. We spent the night in Istanbul, Steve and, and Taylor and me, and that the, went right around the corner from where we were laying all night waiting for the flight, uh, they blew something up there. And that happened over and over and over again. Every, I, everywhere I'd go, I'd be right around in a proximity of where there was a terrorist attack, but the Lord delivered me. Over and over again. 
I would, I would look and I'd, I, I, what? And, 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 and the Lord bless you and keep you. It gets real in, in such a harsh world, right? He is our, look, when the 9-11 hit and I was doing the Bible study with those football players, I was in prayer and the Lord spoke to my heart, get those guys and give them all responsibilities to speak at the memorial uh, in our church on that Friday. Uh, the, the president called for everybody to gather together and assemble. And uh, they, each, uh, uh, they each had something to share. Uh, Isaac Bruce talked about God's not given us a spirit of fear. Ernie Conwell talked about forgiveness. Uh, Kurt Warner talked about trusting God. And, and uh, there were a couple of other guys. And uh, uh, the, our next-door neighbor, Ray, yeah, Ray Agnew. It was just, you know, big, gentle giant. And they were, they were talking about... Um, I just remember coming against that spirit of fear. The place was jam-packed. I remember, you know, friends from the valley. I remember Bill Kirchhoff standing back there with tears in his eyes. I remember the place was jam-packed. I remember that they were broadcasting from Washington, D.C., and unbeknownst to us, they had brought microphones in, and they were recording and broadcasting the footprint of KMOX. They switched it to... Here, God had given me a direction on what to do uh, as a civic-minded Christian. We're, our, we're a candlestick church trying to impact the community and society, and fear had tried to seize the country. Yeah. We had information about how God has not given us a spirit of fear, and we've been uh, marinating in Psalm 91 that the Lord will protect us and help us, right? And as harsh as that was, we were needing to get people strengthened to, to withstand the waves of fear and the waves of uncertainty and insecurity, right? And this prayer, this benediction, the Lord bless you. When the Lord blesses you, it's pretty stable. When the Lord keeps you, you know he has good quality keeping power. He's good at guarding. He's good at watching over your stuff and watching over your family, watching over your kids, right? Look at Psalm 17, verse 6 through 8. Psalm 17, verse 6 through 8 says, I have, cr- I have called upon you. For you will answer me, O God. How many of you have gone into prayer? You go, man, I know God answers my prayers. His ear is inclined to the prayer. Don't you appreciate getting to pray? I pray when I'm doing great. I pray when I failed. I pray when I need to repent. I pray when I get to proclaim something good. And I pray when I find out troubling things. And I pray when, uh, you know, things are easy and going well. I, I want to pray without ceasing. I've called upon you for you will answer me, God. And then it says, incline your ear to me, hear my speech. And it says, wondrously show your loving kindness, O Savior of those who take refuge at your right hand from those who rise up against them. Keep me as the apple of the eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. I see moms and dads with their kids. Those kids are important to you, aren't they? And you're God's kids. And the apple of the eye, we just had a birthday party for our little, our oldest grandchild, Lyric, just turned seven yesterday. And my oldest son, Patrick, just turns, he just turned 28. That's Patrick's birthday. And then Chet, I don't know if Chet's here tonight. Yeah, it's his birthday today. And then, uh, let's see, there's another birthday too. Suzanne Pierce, is, it's tomorrow. 
So we got to celebrate. There's anybody else having a birthday? You've had a happy birthday. Happy birthday. That's the hot sauce family. What? Tina. Tina's 28 as well. Nancy's 28. Been 28 for. Happy birthday. And how many of you have had a birthday or you will have a birthday in the next year? Let me see. Here. Happy birthday to all of you. You say you don't feel slighted. Happy birthday. Let's sing it. Happy birthday to you, to me. Happy birthday to me. Okay, we're done. All right, now that nobody's slighted. Nobody's going home going. All right. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord bless you and keep you. My wife had a grandmother and that held her and prayed for her. I had an adopted grand, a, a step grandmother that that prayed for us, and uh, I'm better off for it. I don't know what you're going through right now, but you're in a church, a praying church, and you're in an environment where we know that the Lord has poured out blessings through Jesus, and there's no question about it. And as we stay humble before him and we stay repentant and we dial in and we line up with what his word says, we're going to expect some amazing help. He answers prayer. You're the apple of his eye. And yesterday we had this party and um, she wanted us to all dress up. So I wore a suit and a tie. She came in in a princess dress. She had a little crown. It was sweet, man. And I mean, they're, they're the apple of our eye, you know. Anybody who's been a parent or a grandparent, you just love them. And that's just pales in comparison to how much God loves you. You're the apple of his eye. You're the apple of his eye. Keep me as the apple of the eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. At least tonight you've got to know that God is not a withholder, that God genuinely loves you. Romans 8, God is for you and not against you. He didn't spare his own son, but he freely gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him freely give us all things? Paul said to the Corinthians, all things are yours, and that we're complete in Christ. And in in Deuteronomy, it says we're the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. I love that. Those of you that feel, you know, uh, in the lurch, God is there to bless you and to keep you. Number three, and I like this, the Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord make his face shine shine upon you. The uh, Moffat translation says, may the eternal smile on you and favor you. May the eternal smile on you. And you know when, hey, when, when, uh, I remember when I was in elementary school, uh, when the teacher would smile at me, that was a good day. Right? And I know that when I was in the backseat of the car, and my dad would adjust the rearview mirror, and he was not smiling at me. And I could just tell by his eyes. And he just kind of look, and he just give. And that, the Bible does say he will, that God will guide us with His eye upon us. So I, we we all know that. But just when He makes His face shine on you, Living Bible says, "May the Lord's face radiate with joy because of you." May the Lord's face radiate with joy because of you. Don't you want to make God's heart joyous and bless the Lord? I will bless the Lord at all times. We're talking about being blessed, but I will bless the Lord at all times. That's part of why I love 
I'm iconoclastic, you know, I wasn't raised in church, so I would tend to want to change things up, you know. But you can't really improve upon entering into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. It, it just seems smart to start a service, given what we've been through through the week. Our work week, our driving here, filling up your gas tank, all the stuff you dealt with, just to start in, hallelujah, you know, and entering into his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. You come, you know, you leave a, from a bad diagnosis or, you, you know, you've come through challenges or you've been disappointed or whatever, but we come into his presence and he, and he inhabits the praises of his people. He said I, I, that he has given us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And uh, look at what it says in Psalm chapter 80, and we'll look at verse 3. Psalm 80, verse 3, about God making his face shine on us. Look, O oh God, restore us and cause your face to shine upon us, and we will be saved. Let's look at verse 7. Look at verse 7. Now, it's, O God of hosts, restore us and cause your face to shine upon us, and we will be saved. All right, now let's look at verse 19. I like this one too. 80, verse 19. O Lord, God of hosts, restore. Hey, sound familiar? See, there's value in repetition. I'm not the only one that says the same thing over and over again. O Lord, God of hosts, restore us, cause your face to shine upon us, and we will be saved. You know, when, what does it mean when, when, when God makes his face shine on us? Well, you have, his, you have his attention. He's looking at you. We're looking unto Jesus, you know. We're to, keep, we're to fix our eyes on him. We're to seek his face continually. But did you know that the, con- the concept that he would make his face shine on you is an amazing thing? Yeah, he said that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Nick. That was, that was scary. But anyway. <laughs> but that's a good point. I think I'll go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Though it was haunting, the Lord used it. All right, Second Chronicles chapter four. Second Chronicles, I mean Second Corinthians chapter four. He got me all flustered. Second Corinthians chapter four. I'll preach over here because we want God's face to shine. We want the light of Christ to come into the world. And Nick, and Nick is right. Nick is a soul winner, and Nick is Nick is Nick Nick is a, is a, a, a bold witness in his field where he works and with his family with his work. Listen to what it says here. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3, And even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Everybody say the light of Christ. For we do not preach ourselves... But Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your bondservants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, look at this, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. 
So arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. So yeah, Nick is right. It's the light of Christ. And the, the Lord make his face shine upon you, to shine upon us, to, to, to you know, he makes us radiant with his, with his presence. And, um, you know, when Moses, earlier in that early, third chapter, Moses got up on the mountaintop in that old covenant, and he came back with so much glory that they had to put a curtain over his face because he was just beaming. And one of my favorite stories in the gospel is when Jesus invited uh, Peter, James, and John to the mount, what we call the Mount of Transfiguration. And my wife and I, we were at what they, the, the archaeologists think was that mountain. It's very, very high, and it has an amazing view. It was very, very high up. And um, when I was walking up that hill, I, I loved the story of the Mount of Transfiguration, where Moses and, and Elijah uh, and, met with, and Jesus were conversing, and Peter, James, and John were like, what, what's going on? You know, Peter goes, it's good we're here. Let's build some tabernacles. Let's do a gift shop. Let's get a parking lot with lighting. You know, and it's like, you know, Peter, I love Peter, you know, Peter's enterprising. Um, But Moses, representing the law, and Elijah, the prophet, they were all lining up, confirming that a greater than Moses had come. And this this was the consummation of the best that God had planned. I'm a Christian because Jesus is real. And I'm so thankful to read this story out of the Old Testament to you about the Lord blessing us and keeping us and making his face shine on us. Because in this new covenant that we're in, inaugurated on better promises, we're in such a good position. And uh, you guys that have given your hearts, how many of you have given your hearts to Jesus? Listen, if you don't, if, if you're like me and you've come to this meeting and you're not certain about that, I'm really glad you're here. And I hope this, this message finds you hungry for God. Because blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And you guys that are watching because it was raining, it wasn't that bad. We got in here worse. I'm still, I'm glad you're watching. Um, But I pray that God will bless you and keep you and make his face shine on you. The light of Christ has come into this world. Hallelujah. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. Uh, The next one is the Lord... Be gracious to you. Now, the root word for gracious, of course, is grace, and that's unmerited favor. And one translation says, uh, uh, and I like this, the the Moffat said, uh, tying the two together, may the eternal smile on you and favor you. And I like the idea of how he is so gracious to us and so good to us. Psalm 86, 16. Let's look at Psalm 86, 16. And it says, Turn to me and be gracious to me. Psalm 86, 16. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Oh, grant your strength to your servant. Save the sons of your handmaid. Oh, turn to me and be gracious to me. You know, uh, aren't you thankful that at any point in our lives, we can run to him? We can run to him when we're desperate. And he's not like, oh, now you're coming to me. He doesn't act that way. He's happy to see you. He's an interesting being, God. God is an interesting, interesting being. He's, I'm fascinated with God. He's, Jesus is the exact representation of the Father's nature and the radiance of his glory. 
And I'm fascinated with Jesus. And I'm fascinated with the Holy Spirit. What is all that? I mean, it, what? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? It's, it's so, what a trip. I mean, this is the best thing going. This isn't Greek mythology. This is not some sort of conjecture. This isn't just sort of ancient aliens download in our DNA. It's, this is reality. There is hero Israel. The Lord our God is one. And you shall love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And to know him is to love him. So I'm telling you, he came to bless us. He came to keep us. He came to make his face shine on us and to be gracious to us. Graciousness is... Uh, it's the opposite of spiteful. It's the opposite of mean. My wife watched a movie, Ernest Borgnine movie, Marty, 1955. It won the Academy Award for the Picture of the Year. And it showed a contrast between his mother, Marty's mother, who was really kind, and her sister who moved in with him, who was mean as a, as a skunk. And the meanness came into the house and created all kinds of conflict for Marty and, and uh my wife asked me, uh, can you look up the conclusion of the movie? Because I am not up for a bad ending. If this is one of those, you know, those, like if it's a French movie where it's like everybody dies, all the people you're attached to, and then they all die, you know. So you, you, there's a feature on Wikipedia where you can, you know, so I'll look and I'll, I'll and she'll go, is it, are they going to die? Or uh, no, it's going to have a good ending. Are you sure? Yeah, it's going to have a good ending. So she'll watch it. And uh, it's smart because it protects your, your emotions. But, but Marty's mom was gracious. But then even the bitter person helped Marty's mom to get weird. And, and everybody kind of turned on Marty. Marty was 34. He, were, he lived in the Bronx. And he was, everybody else was getting married and having kids. And he was kind of, they were all trying to, you know, and he, and he meets a girl that was dumped by the, blind date at the dance and so they hit it off but then there's all this conflict and um but but then there's there there was this scene where they laughed and it was so there was graciousness and it was 1955 so it was pure you know and it was, it was Ernest Borgnine and um you know even in even in Franco Zeffirelli's Jesus of Nazareth Ernest Borgnine played a centurion and Ernest Borgnine said when he was uh in one of the scenes he had a vision of Jesus. God gave that actor a vision of Jesus. And he had tears running down his face. He said, that was real. And uh, God touched his life. Hallelujah. That's why I pray for the entertainment professionals that they come to know Jesus. And uh, Ernest Borgnine's in heaven now. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so now you can go watch Marty because it has it has a good ending. Buzz, uh, what, what is it? What is it? Uh, uh, Spoiler alert, yeah, it has a good ending. And it's, yeah, it's good acting, yeah. It's Ernest Borgnine, man, right? What was his TV show, a PT, what? McHale's Navy? Yeah, okay, I'm mixing it all up now. I'm going to come back to the word. And it's getting back to Nick's light of Christ. Look at number five. The, the Lord lift up his countenance on you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you. Now, that's very similar to make his face shine on you. And it's in Psalm 4, 6. The Lord lift up his countenance on you. Psalm 4, 6. The Lord lift up his countenance on you. It says, now many are saying, who will show us any good? 
So many are saying, are we going to get through this period? Many are saying, is the school system forever doomed? Many are saying, is there, is there ever going to be unity in the church? Many are saying, is there ever going to be a cure for cancer? Many are saying, is, is there going to be war breaking out in, in these other pockets of the world? So we ask, Lord, lift up your light, the light of your countenance upon us. Lift up the light of your countenance upon us. Many are saying, many are saying. Now, this is what I started out with, the spoken blessing. And remember, the apartment in Jerusalem, the uh, observant Jewish, uh, Orthodox Jewish family from Leeds, England, and how they were speaking blessing over each other. Listen, I want to encourage you to really bridle your tongue and really speak God's word. And in fact, take, take Numbers chapter 6, and we're coming to a conclusion here. Take number 6 and, and, and make this a prayer. Somebody recently wrote a song with this. and it's, 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 there, there's, there are hymns written out of this as its basis. Now there are choruses, modern choruses written out of it. But let's all, let's all say this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you. And be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you. And we, the finish point is, and give you peace. Say it, and give you peace. Psalm 9, uh, 29, 11. While you're turning there, I think about the description of Jesus that we quote at Easter in Isaiah chapter 9, where it says that he will be called Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. Peace on earth. What do people say when they want to I pray for world peace. What was John Lennon and give peace a chance? That's so much people, and then peace, peace, but there is no peace. But let me tell you, there's a peace that passes understanding that can come on your household while you're trying to raise your kids in these economic times and with all this form of crazy. Listen, man, I was in Southern California as a teenager, and I can tell you some crazy things at my public school that they snuck in there back in the in late 60s, early 70s. It's, it was as crazy then as it is now. They were sneaking stuff in then. It was subversive. There were, there were diabolical agendas. And I saw it with my own eyes before I was saved. And I'm in this position as a leader armed with the agenda that, that was so complex and so detailed way back then. And they had a 25-year plan, uh, a particular uh, uh, group that had a plan and went into my classroom with the teacher's approval and spoke to us in no uncertain terms about their agenda and their agenda was, uh, uh, it was haunting. I remember every detail of it all these years later. And, um, but see, God has a plan. His plan is to raise up a people that will walk with him, that will get a hold of these truths and be carriers of his presence. Right? And advance the kingdom. Like even Steve talking in the offering. That's not just to pep you up to give in the offering. It, we lay up treasure in heaven. I mean, tomorrow when we're moving, we're cleaning and moving and mulching into, into places so it looks beautiful. So when people come, hey, this is beautiful. These people mean what they're doing. Maybe I'll open up to the message on the inside since I'm walking past this and it looks nice. They vacuum. They, they dust it. It looks great. And it, it's because it's the culture of the kingdom. Now, he'll give you peace. Look at Psalm 29, 11. The Psalm 29.11 says, The Lord will give strength to his people. Look at this. 
the Lord will bless his people with peace. Take a big deep breath and say hallelujah. Let's all stand up on our feet. Psalm 37, 37. It says, mark the blameless man and behold the upright. For the man of peace will have, you know what a posterity is? It's an end. All's well that ends well. So let's say this out loud together. And, uh, and, and, and I want you to say it to each other. I want you to kind of just, just, just nod when, and, and kind of pivot your head around. Put, put, it on a, put it on a swivel and turn around and say, The Lord bless you. And keep you. Make his face shine on you. And be gracious to you. Now you interject and say, well, you too, man. The Lord lift up his countenance on you. And give you peace. So they shall invoke my name on the sons of Israel. And then I will bless them. Let's all lift up our hands as we get ready to finish. Lord, I'm asking that you do a great work on the White House, on the, on the United Nations, on the Senate, the Congress, the judiciary. I pray protection on all fronts and all sectors of our country. I come against the devil. I come against uh, attacks over our power grid, over our food supply, over our water, over the air. I come against demonic attack. I come against biological warfare. I come against doctrines of demons. I come against false teaching. I break the power of the enemy. I come against false prophecy and false prophets. I pray the presence of the Lord will come in in such powerful terms. I pray, God, there will be such blessing in this house. Help us, Lord, to stay humble and tender before you. God, I pray if there's anybody here that needs to get on track with God, they would do it right now. Uh, just wave to me and say, man, I intend to stay on track with God. That, that's rededication. Say, Lord Jesus, I submit to you. I humble myself before you. I want all you have for me. I receive blessing today in all my situations, all my circumstances, through every trial. You're the Lord that heals me. You're the Lord that sustains me. You always cause me to triumph. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Turn around and say, the Lord bless you and keep you.